0: This is the Coleman Associate Innovation Podcast. Innovation? Yeah, innovation, new, original, and creative. This podcast is designed to challenge the way you think about how healthcare is delivered.
1: Ladies and gentlemen, the captain has turned on the fasten seatbelt sign. If you haven't already done so, please take your seat and fasten your seatbelt.
0: I'm your host, Ryan Jury. We are about to explore practical solutions and hear about how out-of-reach results are obtained. Welcome to this installment of the Coleman Associate Podcast. During this installment, we're going to talk about the similarities between President Ronald Reagan and no-shows. What do no-shows and Ronald Reagan have in common? The importance of this treaty transcends numbers. We have listened to the wisdom in an old Russian maxim. Though my pronunciation may give you difficulty, the maxim is Doviyai no Provayai. Trust, but verify. (laughs) Every system is perfectly designed to get the results it gets as noted in the Editor's Notebook column and quotation with a life of its own written by Susan Carr. In this installment, we will explore how the Reagan no-show play and no-shows go together. Are your systems perfectly designed to get the results you're supposed to be getting? Join me as we have the pleasure of talking with Coleman Associate Adrian Mann and how her love of the Windy City, Ronald Reagan, have had an impact in improving access for patients across the nation.
1: My name is Adrian. Thanks, Ryan. Uh, I currently live in Missouri. I am a nurse by training. I uh, grew up in Indiana, and I moved to Chicago and was a transplant. Um, that's where I got my start in community health, was working on the south side of Chicago, right out of nursing school.
0: Great. We're glad to have you. So... Southside Chicago. Not a lot of people get to say that they their first nursing job was in Southside Chicago.
1: So uh, I got interested in community health during nursing school. Um, in particular, I actually I went to nursing school because I was interested in some of the management and broader public health implications that you can have in healthcare.
0: Do you want to just talk a little bit about what it, how you learned about community health and how Southside Chicago? helped you really learn that really quickly?
1: Um, On the south side of Chicago, I was lucky enough that somebody would have me right out of nursing school, and it was a really cool opportunity to build a care coordination program. They were doing a really neat innovation that was being partially funded by the philanthropy ladies of Chicago, but also somewhat by the testing funds that came with, Medicaid expansion, and what they were testing was providing care coordination within federally qualified health centers in an integrated way, and it was uh, originally a collaboration between 11 community health centers in Chicago and has now grown to over 20. Oh, wow. Uh, So we built the program um, at the FQHC level where we did the care coordination piece And then we also had the benefit of since we were working with all those other community health centers and hospitals is we had a giant data sharing platform that shared in real time whenever our patients went to hospitals and emergency departments across the city, which was super cool. And, you know, it really was an intersection of my interests around data science and around uh, how you can have the biggest impact, especially because a lot of the patients that we were serving had some of you know you'd see people that had 30 emergency department visits in six months and not only is that not good for them it's it's bad from a cost perspective it's bad for a community perspective and i the thing i've always loved about community health is you know a lot of the data shows that every dollar that you put into community health in a in an underserved neighborhood like the ones that we worked in on the south and west sides of chicago comes out in the community and, you know, anywhere from three to $10 per dollar that you put in because it's, you know, the economic benefit of just being there is pretty amazing. I think the other cool thing about working in community health in those underserved neighborhoods is a lot of people that work there also live in the community. So it's just an exceptional and highly effective way to invest in communities.
0: Yeah. I've always enjoyed every conversation we've had. And, uh, why don't you tell me how you feel about no shows?
1: You know, I, I distinctly remember whenever I was first working in community health that no shows were thought of as, you know, it's something that you expect with this patient population and that it's something that can never, you know, you're always going to have some sort of no show rate because you have the poorer patients and it never really sat right with me because i really truly believe and obviously have built a whole career around that poor people deserve good health care actually everybody deserves good health care but mm-hmm. that includes you know the people that were in the communities that i started working with and communities all over the country yeah. so the thing about no shows is one is they are not inevitable you can fix them and two I think it's it's really important, not only from a financial aspect for community health centers, but it's important from a from a community health perspective of usually your people that no show are the ones from a clinical perspective that you really need to see.
0: Okay, so the ones who aren't showing up are the ones I want to see. Right. Okay. so as a community health nurse, in your experience, your statement that there are the ones that aren't showing up are the ones we want to see. Why is that?
1: One of the things I was particularly interested in is the data science aspect of my previous job. And we had the ability to track hospital visits and emergency department visits in real time. And what I started watching is I would watch the schedule in my electronic health record and watch the database that showed me real-time hospitalizations and emergency department visits. And I would see my patients, they would no-show because they were in the hospital or the emergency department, Hmm. which to me just showed that we were not serving them well. Yeah. And I think the other thing that I learned, especially once I started working with Coleman, is how much patients no-show because we give them an appointment time that they don't want, which is just a huge disservice.
0: Yeah. Yeah. It makes sense. Um, So I just really like your perspective because you've done community health nursing, and one of the benefits are you've seen – Uh, You just have an odd perspective, so I think you're like the first person that I've met that said the people who aren't showing up are the ones we want and need to be seen because they're the sickest, and uh, I just have always enjoyed your perspective. So the Coleman Associates have this thing called the No-Show Playbook. It's a list of plays um, or ideas of how to address no-shows or start tackling them, and uh, there are kind of a few of them. Do you, by chance, have one that is your favorite?
1: I do. My personal favorite is the Reagan, which is the Trust But Verify play, partially okay. because it's an exceptional play, but also because I'm a huge history nerd. So it, it really is the, it brings together two of my great loves.
0: So what is, uh, as a history buff here, the Reagan uh, Trust But Verify, what is the context behind that one? like so, historically.
1: So, those of you that will remember this era, it whenever they did the nuclear deal, uh Reagan called it trust but verify where they were trusting to make sure that um what what was agreed upon was actually carried out.
0: Okay. So, how does that pertain to no shows? I mean, we're not dealing with nuclear warheads.
1: Fair. <laughs> yeah, I was gonna try and make it make it seem like it was similar, but it's it's definitely not. <laughs> it's
0: true, it's true. So, uh, so how does what is what is but Verify or or the Reagan method?
1: Sure. So basically, if you think confirmation calls are happening, is that you confirm that they are in fact happening? Okay. Which uh, which is you know it sounds really simple, but honestly, this play is never has never failed me. So what you do is, well, there's, there's really two ways that you can go about it is one is you go back to whoever was doing confirmation calls, especially if you document it in your EMR and you, you look for the notes for where confirmation calls were done. That's a great way to do it. So you can spot check and make sure that there's, there's confirmation calls documented for the patients that were supposed to receive confirmation calls. One version of this that I learned was I had a actually my old boss, what she would do is go around and ask people where their scripts were for confirmation calls mm-hmm. because they were they were making confirmation calls with a script and it, it was pretty shocking like the number of people that didn't have a copy of the script. So how do you make confirmation calls with a script if you can't find your script? And, and then um, a, another way, which it, it's a, it takes a little bit more effort, but it is extremely valuable. And I actually I used this with a past client back in. Um, they they are located a little bit north of Detroit, and they could not get their no show rate down. You know they they would call me. This was even after their Rapid DPI coaching period was over.
0: Mm-hmm
1: they they would call me and send me their data and stuff and they could not figure out why their no-show rate wasn't going down and they said you know we're using the script we're doing confirmation calls and it was making me crazy because I know confirmation calls work so I called and I made an appointment because I was like okay let's see these confirmation calls and so I made an appointment to uh, I think I made it three days out so I knew I should get because I had asked in advance and I should have gotten a two-day confirmation call, a one-day confirmation call, and then a jockeying call. And I got zero calls. And so then I could say to the, to their COO and their CEO, like, I know why your no-show rate isn't going down. It's because the confirmation calls aren't really happening.
0: Gotcha. Yeah. I, we've had the same, uh, I've been in a health center, similar situation. The benefit of the automated no-show play is that it's a robot and you know that they're happening and and they're they're happening right and and one of the fears is that when you turn off the automated and you go to more of the personal or having your staff call then all of a sudden you're there's this question of are they really happening do they happen regularly is it something you can you know count on happening and and what you're saying is that it's sometimes nice to to trust but also verify and ensure that these calls are happening.
1: Absolutely.
0: And what, I mean, is this beyond just trust and verify to make sure they're happening or is like, what are you, what are you testing in this trust and verify? So the other thing
1: you can be testing with it, you know, it, The benefit is that it has, especially if you actually make the appointment, there's a lot that you can learn. You can figure out, does the scripting make sense? One thing that I've seen health centers figure out is what number pops up on caller IDs whenever your health center calls. And there are some health centers where it pops up as an unknown number, which as a millennial, I immediately screen and do not answer. Yeah. So simple things like that can really help you to make the confirmation calls that you make much more impactful.
0: Okay. So is this uh what what kind of tool is this? Is this a tool that's going to teach people how to make no-show reductions? Is this an assessment tool? How would you kind of categorize this tool?
1: I think I think of it as a quality improvement tool where okay. the I think the hardest part and I think I know that you, you've you gone through this is getting the initial win of a low no-show rate is the easy part, even though sometimes it's not so easy. It's mm-hmm. about sustaining it over months and years. That's really hard. Right. So I see this as a really valuable tool. Um, I've seen managers schedule this where they do this once a week or they do this once a month or something like that okay. so that they can just make sure that it's continuously happening.
0: So not something that you do. I mean, have, I guess the answer is you could do it once, you could do it twice, but it sounds like those who have been really effective at reducing their no-shows do it regularly and routinely.
1: Absolutely. It's it's no different than if you have a patient that has diabetes and they say, yep, I, I track my blood sugar every day. Yes, I've been eating healthy. Yes, I've been exercising. What do you do? when they come in for their three-month appointment.
0: Um, I'm going to ask that we're going to test their A1C to make sure that uh, all that they said was hopefully true.
1: Good job. That was that was just a quick nursing test.
0: <laughs> thanks. for <laughs> Thanks for quizzing my uh, nursing skills. I was yeah, nervous just, there for a minute as to whether or not I was going to be correct.
1: You got it. You got it. The good thing is we can always edit that out. So, <laughs> yeah, so you check you check their A1C because you need to make sure that the intervention that you're doing is working, because if it's not working, then you might need to change something.
0: So essentially, upping my insulin, but I'm still eating my pack of Oreos every night doesn't necessarily help me be a healthy diabetic. So the A1C test is is verifying that, that the interventions are effective and that we're not missing something.
1: Just to be clear to the podcast listeners, I'm not hating on Oreos because I really enjoy Oreos. But yes, that's the exact idea.
0: <laughs> yeah. How have you seen the Reagan administration play not work? So what are some kind of pitfalls or, or gaps or things where it's applied wrong?
1: I think the the main pitfall I see is not using it as a learning tool, is using it really punitively, which I, maybe eventually, if somebody really is consistently not making confirmation calls, it should get to a punitive standpoint. But generally, if if staff members aren't making a confirmation call, I think of it as the process isn't working. And so you have to think about how to make the process better. So, for instance, I did a trust but verify play at a clinic and they they didn't have the scripts. So nobody had okay. a script. So we went out and we printed them and we laminated them so that it was easy. They didn't get buried in the desk. They were easy to find. We put them on colorful paper. So thinking about those process things that makes it easy Um I've also, you know, another way that you can start to troubleshoot things like that are thinking about if people really don't have time, making it the the expectation that by 3 p.m. they let their manager or their supervisor know that they couldn't get them done so that Mm -hmm. you can start finding coverage and thinking of it as an opportunity for troubleshooting and leadership versus trying to get people in trouble.
0: Yeah. Your comments remind me of the discussion about root cause analysis I was reading a I'm reading a Harvard business article and this is where I wish I had it to quote it but so your your comment reminds me of this concept that root cause analysis is not necessarily a true concept it's not one thing that hurts people that people get hurt when you're doing root cause analysis what you'll find is that there's multiple breakdowns in the systems and it's what we would call quote unquote a perfect storm and so the reality is, is that if we do these quality assurance activities and we find gaps and holes, it's, it's a, an opportunity to improve the process. But when something bad happens, it's not because of one failed event, it's multiple things in the process failing. So in your conversation about the Reagan Trust and Verify, it's one thing to not make a confirmation call, but it's another thing to not make the confirmation calls because you don't have the scripts or not make the confirmation calls because you got really busy that day. And so the interventions are creating a script, finding people to cover, coming up with a process of what happens if you, if that person was really busy. And so it's beyond just the one problem.
1: Exactly. I I think of it as like, for, for whatever reason, I fly far too much to be interested in plane crashes. But I've I've always I've always read or like watched documentaries about different different major events like a plane crash or um, some sort of systemic failure like that. Mm-hmm. And and really it comes down to it is a systemic failure. It's not it's not one thing, it's a series of quality checks that you have to have because everything has to work. And usually if there's a major event like that, it's because a lot of things went wrong, not because one thing went wrong.
0: Okay. So one of the benefits of the tr- of repeatedly doing the, the Reagan Trust, but verify is to be able to look for those gaps that are happening all the time.
1: Absolutely. And I, I think it's something that you can use, even if your no-show rate is low because it's something that will keep your no-show rate low is having having kind of that canary in the coal mine that lets you know if there's a problem.
0: Oh, so the, re- the Reagan can also be called the canary.
1: <laughs> I like that.
0: Um, Have you ever seen the Reagan play go awry or not work at all?
1: Honestly, no. It has never failed me. Never failed you. I've I've tried to see if it would fail me. I really thought that time up in Michigan that it was that it was going to fail me because they were so insistent that their confirmation calls were happening. But it didn't fail me.
0: If there is a piece of advice, so I'm uh, I'm looking at the no-show playbook. I'm contemplating the different options here. Why would I choose the Reagan? So, what's your like thirty-second pitch for why the Reagan's awesome?
1: I'd say the Reagan is perfect if you're trying confirmation calls and you're not getting the results that you want. Uh, Generally, confirmation calls work. I can't think of a single instance that I've used them in where they weren't very effective. So if they aren't working, I'd go immediately to the Reagan and figure out why they're not working.
0: Okay. So an assessment tool in my toolbox, and this is to help me diagnose why confirmation calls aren't working and reducing my no-shows.
1: And helping to keep your no-show rate down for the long term,
0: like as a quality improvement. Okay, absolutely. Good to know.
1: Just thought of another soapbox moment. Uh, I I can't tell you how many times that I've heard from people whenever they hear about what they what we do and they they don't understand it immediately. Is they think that we're trying to make an assembly line healthcare where we just go as fast as we possibly can and we you know we make widgets. And All I right. think what I would like to show people is that providing that personalized, high-quality customer service aspect of it in an efficient way is better healthcare. It takes a long time to do things like motivational interviewing or to you know, do really extensive goal-setting with patients. It takes 30 seconds to do a confirmation call and show them that you care that they are going to show up. And it sometimes can have an ev- even bigger impact than those things because it's somebody calling to check on them. And if you show your patient's how much you care about them, they have a tendency to care about themselves more and become healthier because of it.
0: This concludes this installment of the Coleman Innovation Podcast. I'd like to make a quick shout out to Jonathan at Bionic Squid for all of his assistance in making this podcast happen. And thank you, Adrian, for spending the time with us and sharing with us. You're quite the super nurse. As a reminder, the no-show playbook is available online at colemanassociate.com under the tools section. Are you frustrated with no-shows and the impact it has on healthcare? Start writing a few plays today or reach out to us. Don't forget to subscribe and follow us on social media.
1: If there's something that you are interested in and would love to learn more, reach out to us and let us know.